And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show National Title Game Reaction Edition. The University of Georgia Bulldogs are your 2021 season national champions. They beat Alabama 33 to 18, as Nick Saban said to Kirby Smart. They kicked Georgia's or they kicked Alabama's ass in the fourth quarter. And but I didn't know if that was going to happen. David Ubbin joining me. You hear me and David on S- uh, on our SEC show, Football and Grits. Yes. And David, I thought when Stetson Bennett did the Garoya Premium, where the ball just floats out of the back of his hand and it's recovered by Alabama. They reviewed it. They said Alabama got it in, you know, deep in Georgia territory. I was convinced the game was over at that point. Well, I thought it was tough because I thought both sides, however that play played out, both sides were going to be furious about it. Because the fumble was close. I thought it was a fumble. The recovery was real close. I'm not going to venture a guess on that one. It was very close. Yeah, because it looked like he kind of tightrope the sideline. But it felt like one of those things. It was like inevitable. Here comes Bama again. So props for Stetson Bennett for getting off the mat, for Georgia for rallying. I mean, that seemed like the turning point in the game, and Andy, it, it was. It just turned the other way. Yeah, and, and the thing was, Georgia didn't fade away from that. And and I tell you what, Georgia's red zone defense was, was pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt like Bama needed to score from, from 50 yards out. Like, once they got within five, it felt like, okay, you may as well send the field goal team on. Yeah, well, you look at that Latu play. He he breaks out. They go seven yards. They catch him. How big is that play in retrospect? Because what well, is it? And, is and it remember, 13, they went three? to they went to Latu again on the next play. Yes, and he dropped the ball in the end. Yes, zone. and is it what thirteen three at that point? Yeah. If you and then you're a double digit deficit, you're probably feeling a little bit of pressure. You're probably throwing it a little more than you'd like to in an ideal world. But when you're down nine three, the game feels totally different. And Georgia sort of stayed in their game plan, and stayed doing what they're this doing. This all happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Bama goes up eighteen thirteen. They try for the two-point conversion. They do. Again, Georgia's defense inside the five-yard line looked impenetrable with the exception of the Latu touchdown. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, this, this game is so much about redemption in so many different ways. But the Georgia defense, I think, has to, you have to start there with how badly they played in the uh, SEC championship game. We've been talking about them all season as the best defense we've seen in a decade since 2011 Bama. And then, of course, after the after the SC championship, it doesn't change what we saw in the 12 previous games, but you're wondering, well, are these guys just kind of paper tigers and when they really get pushed and how good is the SEC really? But tonight, I don't know if they reclaimed the throne of the best defense in a decade, but I think you can make that argument. And, yeah. and the way that they played, especially in the red zone, is why they win the ba- national Bama title. Bama scored one touchdown. It was on a, sh- it was a short field. Mm-hmm. And they now they let Bama move the ball and let them get into the red zone, but they forced them to kick field goals. And Three's not sevens will win you titles. Yeah. We learned that tonight. <laughs> yeah, and listen, 
there's a man by the name of Ari Wasserman who appears on this podcast frequently. He was right and he was wrong. Mm-hmm. He was right in that he made fun of me on Friday and said, I know we swore that we'd never pick against Nick Saban again, but I, he said he was sticking with his original pick of Georgia to win the national because we both picked Georgia to win the national title. In fact, I went back and looked at our preseason predictions in The Athletic. I predicted Georgia to lose to Alabama in the SEC title game and then beat Alabama in the national title Look game. Look at Andy on this. Look but at Andy. <laughs> I, I flopped on it. I flipped. So I, I don't told get, you the I other get day, no credit. We were talking about our picks, and I said, Andy, if you picked from the preseason, you got to roll with it. And you said, no, I got to go Bama. I got to go Bama. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you why. And I, I'm happy as a former walk-on to be proven wrong <laughs> because I wasn't sure Georgia's offense was going to be able to get it done. Mm-hmm. They did. They It wasn't perfect, but it was enough to get it done. Stetson Bennett down the stretch – was fantastic. He had the 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 long touchdown to was it Ad Mitchell? Yes, the down deep the, ball. in the right corner. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's thrown a pretty deep ball all season. If he just had time, the ball to Pickens, his only catch of the night, a little overthrown, but still, I mean that that's that. Listen, Stetson Bennett tonight, zero interceptions. The kind of weird fumble turnover, but. Uh, a tough night for the uh, for the bench Stetson Bennett. Uh, yeah, for the, and the, well, and that's what Ari said. The only way this would happen is if if J T Daniels came in, or mm-hmm. uh, but no, Stetson Bennett was enough. He was good enough. I gotta tell you, you know what I like about this game is Andy. Like most human beings, I like to make sense of the world around me. Yes, not a big believer in you know. Uh, uh, horcruxes or <laughs> curses or all these things. Not a big believer. I don't get to talk Harry Potter <laughs> yeah, with, with exactly, Ari, so exactly. happy to hear about this. Not a, not a big believer in that stuff. The but, Dementors came out tonight? Yeah, but having watched the SC Championship, Andy, we watched the whole season. Georgia, I don't even think there was, it was close. They were a lot better right. than Bama all season. And, and I watched that game and I said, I, I don't know how you can't really buy into the idea that, that Georgia is a little bit shook about it. I don't know that you can say afraid, but they did not look like themselves. Well, the, the question we were asking ourselves after the Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game was, was that Alabama's best and Georgia's worst, or was that Alabama growing up mm-hmm. as a young team, and this is what you were going to expect from, from that point? And I think watching them against Cincinnati did give you some sense that maybe that was their best game. Yeah, against Georgia. Maybe that was the best they could play. And that Georgia was probably going to play better than they did, which meant it would be close. Yeah. But that's the thing. When it was, when they were trading field goals, I thought, okay, Georgia is playing better, but still not well enough to yeah. win. And that was when, when Georgia punched in the touchdown because Jalen Carter blocked the field goal and then Jalen Carter delivered a crushing lead, lead blocker block <laughs> to, to pop that touchdown. That's when I thought, okay, maybe they have a chance. But but again, then you get the the Stetson Bennett fumble. That was in the fourth quarter. I know. Again, props to them for rallying. And I think, too, you know, this team, again, I'm just glad we got to see them perform the way that we've seen them perform all season and not have to worry about, well, they didn't didn't bring their A game, they didn't show up, and, and all these things. We got to see Georgia tonight play like the Georgia team we've seen all yep. season long. I'm also glad both teams in the fourth quarter made it a fun game yeah. to watch because it was not a fun game to watch the first three I didn't quarters. hate the first half. Again, we, we, we've, Andy, we, we've had conversations about the casual college football fan on Football and Grits. You and Ari have talked about it a little bit. 
I don't begrudge the people who hated the first half. I felt like it was a pretty compelling chess match of watching the moves and trying to figure out, okay, where are you going to go here? I get the folks that were not on board with that. I was, It was really interesting to see what they were doing, all the misdirections, because both these teams knew they didn't feel comfortable that we can block these guys. Both these teams knew that. Right. And so how do you get guys in space? How do you get some time? How do you throw some misdirection and set up some blocks so that you can have some sort of uh, time to throw that? I mean, on the Stetson Bennett deep ball to George Pickens, there's two decoys on that play. Yeah. So you can get him a little time. You get the linebackers thinking. You get the defensive uh, ends holding up a little bit, and then you get the deep ball to George Pickens. That I, I liked that. And the second half was a lot more fun in a traditional sense, but I enjoyed that first half. So does the question of what if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, does that become the new what if Colt didn't get hurt? Well, I mean, you know, listen, I think we have to be careful when we talk about this because it's not like, you know, it's necessarily, well, George didn't earn this or George lessening what George did. But you're already coming into this game, no John Mechie. Right. No, and then you lose Jamison Williams on a, a really bad injury. I, I that did not look good. Uh, I don't want to speculate that they but, replayed it even more than I think they replayed it twice. I didn't need to see it again. When the guy's grabbing at his knee before, long before he's down, it's it's not good, and that's tough to see. And you know how much more of Jamison Williams do we need to see this season to know. I mean, especially on that last drive, you saw it. Bryce they couldn't Young's, get any separation. Bryce Young's yeah. trying to get going. I mean, if he had completed, you know, if he scores a touchdown on that drive with no receivers. Legendary, Like, yes. that's, that's be better legendary. than, that's 10 times better than the Iron Bowl drive. It's not as long, but against Georgia's defense with no receivers. I mean, he had Mechie and Williams in the Iron Bowl. No, he didn't. No, Williams, he did. had, Williams had the targeting. That's right. Williams was out with the targeting yeah. on, the, on the punt, right? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, you have... No receivers, and the young guys, uh, you know, Hall had, you know, Colin Brooks, they're trying to find Slade Bolden a little bit. Latu had a nice game, 100 yards for him. You know, it, it just, they just didn't have the weapons. And you, you felt for, for Bryce Young, who clearly was forcing it a little bit, throwing that, yeah. throwing the balls up and asking his receivers to make plays. I, I think this would have been Saban's best coaching job had they won the national yeah, title. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. This was a really good team. But how many times has Saban gone up in a national championship or in a season like this, and there's been a clear team that's better than them all season, and then you face the team that's better than you in the national championship? They, they haven't, haven't because it. when they got beat by Clemson badly in the national championship game, Alabama had been the better team yes. all season, mm-hmm. but Clemson was clearly the better team that night. Yeah, This was a case where Georgia was the better team all season. Alabama was was inconsistent all year. But they had played, and Alabama had crushed them. And you just kind of wondered where everybody would fall. And I just – I keep I, – I know I've said this like four times already, but that Stetson Bennett fumble happened in the fourth quarter. It's they crazy. They could have completely bagged it It felt like it they were point. going to. It felt like it yeah. was – it's like this is going to go down as the, uh, you know, the, the Kirby fake punt, uh, all these, these, these maddening decisions, the second and 26, these plays – that have snake bitten a better Georgia team over the the course of Kirby Smart's tenure. It felt like, well, we're gonna get this weird kind of half fluky fumble where he's not really trying to recover the ball and just happens to toe touch. Like there was no effort to toe touch there. He just yeah, did it on accident. I don't accident. think he thought he was no, recovering a fumble. No way, yeah. no way. And it just gets lucky. And I, I remember watching it live and going, "That's a fumble." Yeah, I think I said Garo Yuprimian. I, I don't know if I got the word Yuprimian out because but. he pushed it so far forward yeah. live. I didn't think it was that close, but on replay, that it looked pretty clearly a fumble. Well. He recovered it was 
unbelievably close depending on the angle that yeah. you looked at. I think whatever was called on the field was going to stand. But the fact that the Georgia players rallied did not let that sink them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, a five-point lead in a game where there had been two touchdowns and a bunch of field goals exactly. and felt I think, like – it felt almost insurmountable. And we talked <laughs> about it you know, earlier. It felt like you know, that, that Alabama had this weird voodoo over Georgia – where Georgia hadn't been the better team for a lot of this, the, the Kirby Smarter, but they've played a better game against them more often than not. And it felt like one of the things I was like, well, if you really, if you really do have this hold over the over the Georgia program, that's the kind of play that Bama goes and wins the game thirty six to ten. Right. And it was the exact opposite. And I think not only did Georgia win this game, they were the better team. There's nothing any all the fluky There's stuff. There's nothing fluky. Yeah. All the fluky stuff went for Bama. Yeah. And then you rally from this like pit of despair right and you do this like this has got to be unbelievably cathartic for yes. georgia fans beyond 40 well, years yeah, you, but got to, to, you got a fan base that essentially has spent for most of them a lifetime looking up waiting for the piano to fall on their head yes and then the piano fell on their head like three times yeah, yeah. and it didn't matter but i just think any the, the the poetry and the symmetry of this title for georgia Bama's been the boogeyman for so long. I believe uh, uh, the bogeyman confused Kirby Smart earlier in the week. But, like, you've seen it. It's been this hovering thing that's defined your program for the entirety of the Kirby Smart era. And then you get whacked when you shouldn't have in the SC title game. And then you win the title. You beat Bama on the biggest stage. And you beat them in the way that you do where there's no doubt. You're in a pit. You climb out of the pit. And then you no doubt it. And then you... Ice, put some icing on the cake with the pick six, despite Kirby Smart's best attempts to get him to go down. And Andy, a good chunk of the coaches in the San Antonio Marriott this week, where you could hear him as he's running, "Go down, go yeah, down!" Oh yeah, yeah. So the we, coaches were having a heart we, attack. We are in a hotel room in San Antonio. We were at the coaches' convention, <laughs> and so we were around a bunch of college football coaches. A lot coaches, of college coaches, and today. and I was. I was standing next to uh, former Oklahoma center Ty Darlington, yes, who uh, who's on the Oklahoma staff, and he's screaming "Go down, go down!" <laughs> you see Kirby Smart on the screen screaming "Go down, go down!" <laughs> and it was like, and, and you saw the the scene at the after the touchdown when when Keely Ringo comes up and Kirby you know puts his hands around his helmet and he's <laughs> smiling at him, and I'm just thinking of the Lou Brown line in Major League with, to Willie Mays Hayes. Great catch. Don't ever up and do it again. <laughs> you can't blame the kid. <laughs> yeah. in, in every way, in every metric, I mean, it's a math issue because Alabama has zero chance of winning if you go down. And, uh, and Alabama has about a 2% chance of winning if you keep so, going. But I, I can't blame the kid for wanting so his moment. I realize this is an audio medium, but you're going to see this picture. Like, you're probably going to listen to this podcast in the morning. You'll probably have already seen this picture. I'm going to show you this picture, David. It is of Jordan Davis holding a national title trophy. Uh, Carmen Mandato from Getty Images took it. Okay, I have not seen this This will yet. be the defining image of this national title. Does he not, have the Nirvana pregame shirt back does, on? Or, still- not, does not have the Bass Pro Shops hat. <laughs> I, I don't believe it's the Alabama national title hat that they gave to Kobe yes. Dean. But Let's see this. It is, this, this is Georgia. This is everyone affiliated with the University of Georgia after 41 years. Here's Jordan Davis. Your thoughts, David Oven. <laughs> oh man, that's incredible. Listen, I I love Jordan Davis like just as a person in general. Great, great kid. I was telling Andy today. Oh, this is a great story. So I was uh, I had to go to Charlotte for the Nagurski Awards uh, about a month ago. 
uh, it was in December, the day after the SEC championship game. So we're the day after the SEC championship game, and two of the candidates were Will Anderson and Jordan Davis. Yeah. So this is the Monday after the SEC championship. They're having to sort of hang out all day. I'm kind of around them on, on behalf of the FWAA, and we're kind of just talking, and Jordan Davis is, you know, he's, this is about a couple weeks before Christmas, and he's like, you know, I'm kind of torn right now because I'm trying to buy my mom a Peloton, but my mom's my financial with, manager. Right, my NIL NIL money. Money. <laughs> so I don't know how to get $1,600 out uh, without her knowing about it. And this was a very serious uh, dilemma. And like he's Jordan worried Davis. about it. Yeah. But just like Jordan Davis, you know, Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis is going to get, <laughs> I don't, what's the signing bonus for the number five pick in the draft? He's, it's uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of money. His mom's going to have to <laughs> yeah. uh, have a lot of money to manage, but Jordan Davis, I think, you know, he's been one of the most beloved players all season. He's the he's the guy kind of guy that just makes you love college football. Yeah. Like Georgia through and through. He's directing the band on on senior day. And he's, you know, just taking up space, an incredible player, an incredible personality. And you see that in that photo. I mean, the kid just you gotta be so happy. But, but for here's the, guys the thing. Like that. Here's the thing about that team. And, you know, Ari always says stars matter, and he's right. You know, this was this was the most talented team in the country based on the twenty four seven talent composite. Uh, they they've had number one recruiting classes or number two recruiting classes, and but the cornerstone is a three star. <laughs> Jordan Davis was a three star. Yes, sir. That they identified as, mm-hmm. and and this is what, when you hear coaches say, "I do my own evaluations." They don't all. Well, I mean, they all do their own evaluations. They they don't all not care what 24-7 and ESPN and Rivals say. But the best ones, the Kirby Smarts, the Nick Sabans, the Dabo Sweeney's, they don't care. They do their own evaluation, mm-hmm. and they're not worried about what you rank because they've evaluated enough players. They know what they're looking for. So Kirby staff evaluated Jordan Davis, and to them he was exactly what they needed mm-hmm. for their defense, And even though he was a three-star. But so you've got him. You have a former walk-on in Stetson Bennett. You have... A five star in Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter was either a high four star Something or five like star. That. Yep. Keely Ringo was a five star, the pick six. You know, so they mixed it all in. Like they, they had spots where they didn't have five star coverage, yes. for lack of a better term. And they found a way <laughs> with players that they had developed. Eddie, I think, you know, uh, not to derail the, the podcast with Tennessee talk, but Jeremy Pruitt always used to like to say, I like big men. <laughs> and listen, I think he. Uh, that's a philosophy that uh, Nick Saban shares. I believe Kirby Smart shares. Jimbo Fisher says it, said it better <laughs> when he won the national title. I believe he he said, I, you know, I prefer grown ass men. Yes, that sounds and, about and right. And that is <laughs> the, the Georgia D line. Yes, epitomizes the phrase "grown ass man." And I think you know you, you look at those guys and they've been so dominant all season long. And I, I was happy to see them get the redemption and not have to deal with. Uh, 12 really incredible games being derailed by two, and and I think they earned some of that back tonight. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Does this forever change the way people think of Kirby Smart? Well, I mean, it has to, right? You, you look at active college coaches with a national title. I mean, what, where there's four now? Mac. Dabo, Jimbo, Saban, Kirby. Says five. So five. Yeah. Am I missing anyone? Apologies. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. No. I, when Les Miles was coaching Kansas, I used to always mess this up. <laughs> yes. Because- and then Orgeron is out and yeah. Les is out. Yeah. So I believe we have five. So, I mean, I think everyone would have argued that 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 Kirby was in that rarefied era. And Andy, we well, need to Chizik's get Chizik's a defensive coordinator now. Does yes, that count? So, no, it does not. Okay. But we need, the, we need the Kevin Garnett anything is possible gift because Andy – your team, too, if you can just recruit four or five top two classes, you, too, can win an NFL <laughs> That's title. right. That's Anything all you possible. Do. So, but I, I say this on behalf of, of my alma mater and all the other SEC fan bases that like to, uh, to poke fun at the dogs. What are you going to say now that your 1980 jokes have been retired? Not much, Andy. It's going to be quiet around, uh, around Atlanta. I think, you know... I, I'm I'm also glad because I'm also not a big narrative guy either, and I think the eighty the discourse if Georgia had lost this game oh it would have been awful I can't even yeah. like, I can't like <laughs> it would have been awful it's just like oh Kirby can't get it done it's like dude just what like the dude had the best team in the country yeah. this year they lost a really good Bama team like sometimes teams lose games if you keep and, winning the SEC East yeah and or the you're SEC, gonna keep getting bites at the and, apple and, yeah and, and eventually you're gonna do this you're gonna break through and and that's the thing I mean I don't want to go too far ahead but. I remember thinking when Kirby got hired, if he's the right hire, and I didn't know if he was or not, mm-hmm. but it, the only reason I, I say this is because Nick Saban always said this. Like, if the right person gets to Georgia, it's game over. Well, I think, Andy, do we share the belief that Georgia's the best job in the country? Yes. yes. So yes. we are a part of that group, and I think you're seeing tonight the ceiling on this job. I think the ceiling on this job is higher than Alabama, it's higher than LSU, it's higher than everyone. Atlanta talent, fan base, facilities, uh, obviously I think well, access Atlanta to talent, talent is the but they'll, they'll go where they got to go. I mean, I agree, but, 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 but okay, Brock, it's hard Brock to pull Bauer guys out scored of a touchdown. He's yes. from Napa, California. Yes, Keely Ringo's from Scottsdale, Arizona. So they 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 don't care where you're from. This is they're true. Get you. Well, we we don't want to derail the conversation too far from the game, but I'll be interested to see 
what happens to the Brock Bowers, the Bryce Youngs, the uh, you know the, these these West Coast talents with with uh, Mr. Lincoln Riley in town? I'll yeah. be curious to see if, if if Alabama and Georgia can pull those guys. But either way, you got a a bunch of guys. Usually, what two, three, four, five stars every year that grew up wanting to play for the Dogs, mm-hmm. and you you, you got to not screw that up rather yes. than you got to win some battles. And I think that. It's to me as big as anything, and then of course the proximity to Atlanta, all these things. But Georgia tonight, you know, for the people who believe that Georgia's the best job, the biggest uh, knock to that, which I agree with, is well, if it's the best job, why can't they win more? Yeah, and I think we're going to see over the next decade they're going to win right. some and, more. Well, and let's see, can you reload every because I mean that's what's most amazing about what Nick Saban's been able to do mm-hmm. is they they are in the mix every year. Mm-hmm. They are talented enough every year to have a chance. And no matter how many assistants leave, no matter who goes where, they're they're back. So yeah. Georgia loses Dan Lanning to become the head coach at Oregon. There will be other coaches who get picked off that staff. Yep. That's that's just how, that's it, goes. how it goes. And how does Kirby Smart respond? How does he replace guys that he loses? Can he do it as well as Nick Saban has? That's the test that we have not seen Dabo have to do, that Nick does tremendously. But, Andy, I will say, one thing we have not hit on yet is Georgia has kind of reset the blueprint a little bit. Because we've looked at this, I can't. I wrote about this after the SEC Championship game, because I was wondering, is Georgia's... Is this team flawed because they have Stetson Bennett at quarterback? Because I believe it's every national champion since 2015 or 14. Yeah, since Jacob Coker. Jacob since Coker Jacob was 2015. Coker yeah. has had a, either a Heisman winner or a number one pick at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> or a first round pick, I believe. Not a number one pick. Either a Heisman winner or a first round pick. And Georgia does not. They have a guy who can make some plays in Stetson Bennett, but their five star didn't get in tonight. And well, the, a couple of their five stars didn't get in. Yes, yeah. exactly. But Andy, I, I, for Georgia to be able to do this and not have a, a superstar, a quarterback, a guy that, you know, is throwing for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns is pretty amazing. And a testament to, you know, for all the resetting and, and the cyclical nature of college football. And well, the SEC is an offensive league now. You got to play some offense, but they won this title because of defense yeah. and with defense all and year I, long. I, I think it's interesting because the SEC obviously had gone very much toward the offenses that mm-hmm. you know, the, like the LSU team in 2019 is maybe the best college offense we've ever seen. Yep. The SEC was looking more like the Big 12 used to look. The Big 12 was actually going back toward defense. A lot of 17-14 yeah. in the Big 12 yeah. these days. I, I think. I think though we this this is probably the year the defense struck back. You know, you've yeah. had based on rule change and everything else. And I, I think the the 2008 clock rule change, which caused the up tempo offenses to explode, I think that was so drastic and so hard for defen- defensive coaches to adjust to. It took this long for them to come up with multiple different. I mean, because it's not just what uh, Jim Haycock does at Iowa State with the drop in eight. Um, you know, it, Brent Venables has done a lot of things at Clemson to to run a dominant defense opposite that kind of offense because a lot of it yeah. is your own team and the way you practice and everything else that that causes it too. I think it's taken that long for defenses to figure out how to adjust. Well, you look at right now, you look across the sport, right? 
for the last, I don't know if it's the last decade or so, but there's been some schemes that just defenses could not stop. For a while, it was the Baylor offense. Then it was everybody's running RPOs on like every play, and defenses are lost, and the defensive coaches are screaming when there's an offensive lineman four yards downfield that's not getting called. There's not a lot of scheme right now in the sport that just defenses can't stop, and Georgia stopped a lot of different schemes this year. Well, And, and the thing about Alabama's offense is it's this Frankenstein yeah, monster. It's a, it's a mix of all that, the things that basically defenses yeah, hate the world. Nick Saban's gone through, you know, what, four or five offensive coordinators in the last seven, eight, seven years, but the offense has been the offense, and they've mm-hmm. just tacked on the things that work, and they drag it out when they play a defense that is susceptible to it. And they can do anything. I mean, yeah. we've seen it. You look at how they played against Ole Miss, how they played against Cincinnati, how they played against Georgia the first time. They had a different game plan. Alabama tried to run the ball a little bit tonight. Uh, you know, Brian Robinson runs for 68 tonight. Uh, I think he had – I'm looking they right had, now. They, they had to because Georgia was heating up Bryce Young. Yeah, in a way 22 that, carries yeah, for Brian yeah, Robinson. They yeah. didn't do that in the first game. They were up the whole game. Yeah. I think he only had like 16. Georgia was heating up Bryce Young in a way – that they did not yes. try to do in the first game. In the first game, they basically said, we're going to hope that our D linemen can beat their O linemen yeah. and, and cover. And then they realized they couldn't cover for that long. Andy, do I get credit for a correct pick? Because on The Athletic today, I said, I reserve the right to reverse my pick if Bryce Young is running for his life in the first no, quarter. No, you don't. Because <laughs> I, I wrote an entire story about how Georgia needed to change and they it's, did it's that tonight. We've been talking about did. this for a month, yeah. and they had to do some different things. They had to bring some pressure from some unexpected uh, places. Georgia, the defensive line played good tonight, but they got some free rushers. They had to have some situation yeah, and, where they got free a, rushers. That's what I wrote that in that story, You know, and I was talking to some offensive line coaches about it, and, and the best pass rusher is not the most athletic one. It's the one the offensive line is too confused to block. Yep. Like that is and and Georgia got that going quite a few times where uh they and they now they they had done a lot of delay like green dog type blitzes throughout the year. They did it a little bit in the first game, but not not as much. Uh, this time it really seemed like they would they would like they bring a guy hard inside to pull one of the tackles in mm-hmm. and then loop a guy around after he would wait a beat and loop around. And now Bryce has got somebody in his face yeah. trying to make a throw. And we saw that tonight. I mean, that's what happened on the last pick. He's got a guy on his face. The first pick, I believe he did. There are a couple other plays where he's forcing balls that he doesn't want to get rid of. And he's you got could, a guy You could tell him. pre-snap when he was going to get blown up. Mm-hmm. Like it, you, Because they, they're all up at the line of scrimmage and you don't know which guys are coming. Yep. And that's... And that's what flustered Alabama all season. Yeah. That's what flustered Alabama against Auburn, against LSU, against Texas A&M. And Georgia duplicated a lot of those things. Yeah. And I think, again, I, I think, they, uh, I think they, they thought in that SEC championship game, we got the dudes, we can beat them, and they learned they couldn't. And tonight, you know, they, they got a little bit more fancy, a little bit more creative, and, and got to Bryce Young. And that, you know, we thought that would be the difference in this game. If Georgia was going to win, they are going to pressure Bryce Young. They did it tonight. They win. I mean, there you go. That's the ball game. So, obviously, Georgia's going to have a ton to replace on defense, but they've been recruiting well. Mm-hmm. So you and and you know those games were so lopsided this year. A lot of those guys got significant snaps this season. So they, similar to Alabama, most years they'll have people who have played a decent amount of yeah. snaps going into the into their new. You need roles. them to grow up, but you got the pieces. You're not wondering, but, well, where'd all our guys go? I'm assuming Stetson Bennett's the quarterback. He's got a free year, right? 
He doesn't have to be. Andy, we don't need be. to have this conversation right now, but I think if I was a betting man, I'd bet on JT Daniels next fall. <laughs> I, I really do. I, I, what I, about Brock Vandegrift? I don't think that's going to happen. What about, well, okay, what about the quarterback who just led the new national title? Who can come back? Here's the thing. We all lived through the Jalen Hurts era, Andy, and I, I think Kirby saw the same thing. And you go through the offseason, you see how it goes. But if JT Daniels is healthy all offseason, it's going to be weird. It's going to be hard. There's going to be, you know, certainly a lot of uh, uh, carnival barkers on both sides. But if I was a betting man right now, as who starts more games in 2022, I think I'm betting JT Daniels. I am. I am not touching that bet. <laughs> okay. I, if it involves Georgia quarterbacks, I'm not touching it. <laughs> okay. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what if somebody made you made you bet? This is a gun to your head bet. Andy. This is so hard. Like if you're Stetson Bennett, and this is this was your fifth season of college football like do you just say i'm good with never having to buy a drink in the state of georgia again that's an interesting question i don't think he's now gonna, that's an interesting question I, I don't think he's gonna be like that i i don't yeah. i think he's super competitive and he and he's gonna try to make an nfl roster mm-hmm. like no i i think he he's gonna say look this is my team i just took these guys to the national title you try come take it from me I think it was really, you know, seeing him like in tears on the sidelines. Like again, so cathartic for Georgia, just in general. I think we've oh, seen, yeah. you know, Georgia has built itself into an NFL factory as well, but they still haven't gotten over the hump. And like seeing Georgia, or seeing Alabama, or seeing Clemson win it, and and seeing all these things as we've seen the last few years, it, you know, you're happy for the kids and all that stuff. But man, this is the most meaningful national title since what i guess probably the first time clemson won it wouldn't it be yeah i mean so the lsu and none of those guys were around mm-hmm. the previous lsu national title i mean they, they were all in elementary school mm-hmm. so i think it was that was pretty meaningful for them yeah but, i suppose but it wasn't in the same way but that that was a they that were just, team just blowing through everyone destroyed everybody and they and they, and, they, and clemson wasn't really a bully in the same way that alabama had been to georgia and, and the, like you said well, guys clemson, that had lived clemson through that clemson was avenging a heartbreaking national title game loss. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. Alabama and Clemson played two classic national title games in yeah. a row. And and so both were cathartic for each team in their own way because that Alabama one in 2015, Jacob Coker was a starting quarterback, Derrick Henry on that team. It's obviously a very talented Alabama, Jonathan Allen, Dalvin Tomlinson, yeah. uh, Duran, uh, was very young Duran Payne, I believe. Yeah. But they were, they were, oh no, he went on the team yet. But they're very talented team. But one of Saban's better coaching jobs, and also the first of the new Alabama, yeah, where they had changed their philosophy. The, uh, the is, this what you, is this what we want changed. football to be? Alabama two point yeah. yeah. Because you know they didn't have the the three hundred thirty pound nose tackle anymore. They didn't have you know or three three hundred sixty pounds. If we're going back to Terrence Cody, yes, uh, they they were playing the the five DBs that had all been recruited as corners and. Um, Really, the way kind of everybody shifted to. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
I'm interested to see what the reaction is in in if this Georgia sort of uh, uh, victory and this way that they played this season, if we see, you know, more defensive coaches getting jobs. We saw Dan Lanning. If you see what are the what are the the echoes, the ripples of this win over the next two three years, the next life cycle of coaching well, and, and recruiting I, and philosophy. I kind of wonder how it affects quarterback recruiting as well because. Okay, I don't think you try to build a national title contender around a Stetson Bennett type. Yeah. But I also think if you're a smart coach in this era with the one free transfer and the quarterbacks moving around faster and and more often than ever, how do you make sure you have a Stetson Bennett on your roster? It just in yeah, case. Yeah, I think you find that three star that loves the program yeah. that like grew up. Oh man, I, I mean, the love Mac, this. The Mac Jones is probably the the better example yeah. of that. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones was committed to Kentucky before Alabama offered him. It, was, it wasn't like he was he came out of nowhere. He was a he was a good high school quarterback that had an SEC offer already. Yeah, but Mac Jones committed to Alabama. Knowing, remember, Jalen Hurts had not gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. When he committed, Jalen Hurts was going to get there, or or Jalen Hurts was there. He'd been through spring practice, had not become the starting quarterback yet as a true freshman. And Tua, he got to play in that. He got yeah. he, he won the starting yeah. job. Was Tua was the, committed at the time. Yeah. So when Mac committed, he didn't care. He knew he was behind Jalen Hurts and Tua. It did not bother Here, him. Here's the question with that, though. In is there are there coaching staffs who are bold enough? To see that kid, the 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 Matt Castle, the Mac Jones, who's sitting there, and say, "Hey, do you want to keep riding riding the pine there? You may never get on the field or come start for us at Kentucky. Does Kentucky, in the NIL portal era, go make another run at Mac Jones and say you're not going to get on the field there? It's a great question. Come here and yeah. and redo this mistake that you made. It's a, it is a great. I question. don't know if you can do that. I think, but here's the thing." I think that person. That's interesting. We say that about Stetson Bennett, who did transfer. Yes, after his first went back year, to JUCO and circled Juco. back to yeah. circled back to Georgia, but came back as a scholarship player. Yes. That's when everybody says walk on, walk on, walk on. He came back as a scholarship quarterback, proved like, himself in JUCO that means and, and earned it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, we're here down in San Antonio, Andy. We've been here. Every coach you talk to, every single coach. When you start talking about the issues that are that are going on in the sport, everyone wants to talk about the portal, and we can't manage these rosters. We don't know how to keep guys. You know how to what are we doing on the rules of getting guys? All this stuff. The NCAA is doing nothing about any of the tampering and any of all that stuff. I don't know what the answer is. I think you're right that you want to have that three star kid that loves your program and just you know I grew up wanting to be an, an Alabama quarterback. You got a better be chance of keeping that guy. Yeah, you just do. You got a better chance, but. If he if 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 coaches you know know that kid is good and they need a kid and, and maybe he's a little green but you see you know maybe it's a stretch to say that you're gonna fish in the portal or tamper with a guy that hadn't played that much but maybe not and maybe you know I, I'm really you're right I I don't know what the next five years of college football are gonna look like because we we're going into a new era and as crazy as this year has been Andy 
nobody has a good idea for how to fix this or what the rule changes are going to be or what things are going to look like. And I wrote about this week, and I had a, another coach tonight I was talking to who I asked him what his fix was. I don't think he had read my column, but he pitched my column to me, which was, we got to have a collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, we got to have I, contracts, I, I, all this stuff. So I, like, I wrote it when the Northwestern players tried to unionize. Mm -hmm. I said there will be a day, because you know, obviously Northwestern reacted very you know, angrily and, and the NCAA. You kids are not doing yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote that there will be a day when you are going to wish that they had a collective bar or, you know, you could make a collective bargaining agreement with it. They had a bargaining unit that you could talk to. I think that day came last year. Yeah. I think it came when they were trying to get the, the teams back on the field and cause the players wanted to play, mm -hmm. but there was no, there was no way for them to speak with one voice and say, we would like to play Let's talk about this and hammer yes. it out. They tried, like, but like even the that, NFL did. even that, even the uh, uh, you had uh, Trevor Lawrence, who on the West Coast was running that. Uh, uh, it was uh, there were there were guys in the Pac-12. Yeah, there was a, but a even D that, tackle at Washington. It State sounded and, like that was yeah. it's it, from the way that they presented it. It was not as many players as as it seemed, and when it initially came out, and I think ultimately, you know. These players, a lot of them know each other, but having them one unit is 130 teams. Even in the Power Five, just the Power Five is twice as big as the NFL with rosters that are twice as big within that. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Well, and it's funny because I think everybody assumes that that they'll try to grab all the power. I, I actually think it will be more reasonable than people realize because th there are a lot more people at the bottom that they'll be trying to protect mm -hmm. as opposed at, at the expense of the people at the top more than likely. Yeah. And that, but that's, and that's what happened. That's what the NBA does. Like yeah. LeBron James does not make what he's worth from the Lakers. Yep. Now Nike's allowed to make him whole. <laughs> so, and, and that's space jam. Yeah, Don't forget. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, you know, ultimately, Andy, are we in agreement that college football at its current state with the roster turnover is, is this is unsustainable overall? <sighs> I, I think it's sustainable. You can I, do, you do it. Do you think it's good for the game? Uh, you want to? You want me to say selfishly or what? <laughs> I mean, like, if you, well, okay. Let me let me throw this out there because nobody's going to want to hear this. Mm -hmm. But if you look deep in your heart of hearts, you know I'm right. Okay. What's our favorite part of every NBA offseason? Well, so now we're see. I hate what, this. What's our hate, favorite part of every it's NFL? The, it's offseason. NBA Twitter's favorite part. I like the playoffs. I do not actually like all well, I of love the, free the NBA agency playoffs nonsense. too. But I love the free agency nonsense. People get into it. I'm not so that as big long a as fan it, of like it. with college football, like the Caleb Williams drama. As long as you're not an Oklahoma fan, it's fascinating to watch. It's fascinating, but Andy, it's that's not that's like if it's the NBA. If that's every player every year. That is where we're talking about. I don't know that this is the same. It's, it's not every player. Every it's a year lot they get, more players. They get one. Well, because there's a lot more players. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's they, fair. They get they get one free transfer as an undergrad. Otherwise, you got to graduate. Yeah, it's a nice incentive to go to class. By the way, true. So true. I don't. And and as far as the you know, I I do feel bad. Like I feel bad for the FCS coaches who have to deal with it, with their rosters getting raided. Yes, that sort of thing. Do I feel bad for the Power Five head coaches? Not in the least. Mm -hmm. To quote the great Don Draper <laughs> to Peggy Olson, that's what the money's for. I get that, but I just I think when you have, I think from my look, from where I'm looking at, okay, you're talking about the casual fans, the people that turns college football from a pretty popular sport to yeah, the second you know, most you know, popular. Now sport. those fans get something to entertain. Well, them but here's year what I'm saying. Round. Here's what I'm saying. I think you risk 
some tune-out factor when it's like college basketball. It's where college basketball is right now. Who are the good players, and where do I need to be watching? Nope. And they don't and figure t- that and out. I'll tell you why. Why? Because it's not basketball. That's true, I it's guess. It's football. That's people fair. People like football better than basketball. I don't know how... I think you may... I, I still think you may lose some People can't seem to figure folks. that out. I like, still think you may lose some people, Andy. I'm telling you. I mean, I think you can get... You can make college football less popular. College basketball, even though it's not football, is not as popular as it was 10 or 15 years ago, and it's because of the star power aspect, and people don't know who are the guys that need to be watching. The one and done factor is a huge factor. But the stars leave. Well, that's what I'm They're saying. They're not done. Well, that's what I'm They're saying. They're just somewhere else. I know, but that's football. what I'm saying. But if their guys are moving around, I think you 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 you're gonna lose some casual fans. That's what I'm saying. I, I think but, that's. But you, then you pick up ones where they go. Maybe like that. That's not the, at the programs. I'm talking about people that kind of like the sport in general and can pay some attention to it. You have obviously I, the people that are that are. I'm not tribal on their worried. fans. I'm not terribly worried about the people that are aging out. Fair enough. We'll that, see. That's I, I I don't think the younger generation of fans really cares. Maybe not. Maybe not. I do. I guess I'm getting old and crusty. You are. You're getting crotchy. I think I am. I think I'm getting grouchy and all this stuff. Either way, again, the next five years of college football, as crazy as the last year has been, I don't know. Other than the last time I sort of felt like this was maybe around the time realignment was happening 10 years ago. Not as much this recent. Yeah, and and, and we we don't know what the next five years are going to look like. when realignment happened and then the cord cutting started and we're like, the TV bubble's going to burst. And they're... (laughs) They're gonna make more money than ever with their next TV deals. It's gonna like that, and that's the thing. the The sport has never been healthier from a bottom line standpoint. Yeah, and now that doesn't guarantee continued success by any stretch. And you're right if you if you turn off enough fans, the bottom line piece gets a lot worse yeah. as you go forward. I will say the one fans who I don't care about and who I don't buy as people who are not going to watch the game are the, these kids are selfish. This is a generational issue. It's not. They just have more options and people have woken up and culture ball has changed and people have paid more attention to. Yeah, the I idea mean, that you're locking these kids up is has always been wrong and now it's just they have more power. And so those folks were like, I'm not watching culture bowl anymore. I'm tired of the kids well, these the days. Is, I don't believe you. We, we we saw you tweeted us that if they got NIL money, you wouldn't watch. <laughs> and here we and are. And we watched the ratings go up. So yeah. we know you lied about that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, I, I'm just really fascinated to see what the next five years looks like because some form of legislation is coming. But I've asked coaches this week, what would you do? to change this and everyone's like i don't I, most of them are i, well, I don't know here's, I don't know. here's the problem and this is like if you talk to to some of the conference commissioners the ones who are more forward looking will tell you the solution has to be something that will not get them dragged to federal court again very important and people don't like going to federal court andy correct. i've heard this <laughs> none of their old rules would sustain would, would withstand a challenge mm-hmm. and that that is what that Supreme Court, the Austin decision, it wasn't specifically about like colleges paying players directly other than educational expenses. But if you read both of the, the, the opinions that were, were handed down, there was the, the majority opinion and then the consenting opinion. The, the Kavanaugh consenting opinion was very strongly worded. It was probably more look at me. But if you read the one the other eight justices put their names to, it said the same things, just in less strong words. A lot of the same things we've been saying yeah. over the last well, decade. And I think that's that's the issue is they the the smarter commissioners, athletic directors understand 
you cannot go back. So yes. any rule that looks like what you had before isn't going to fly. Now, if you bargain with the players and they say, we're willing to you know, let you have these rules in exchange for this, then yes, you can. I, I still think even forming some sort of a, a union or forming something, like we said, the number of players, and you know, now it's so built in the pros that the draft classes come in. It's a very, you know, you, here's where you got to do to, you know, you're coming into the players union and all that stuff. Forming it from scratch in college football for all oh, the reasons that we be, talked about. Very I, complicated. I just, man, I, you have, and, and, and I don't know have, how you get there. You have private universities. You have public universities. I don't know how you get there. That, and that I, are, I, that, you know, and every state has thinking about has it its is own giving laws. me a headache yeah, already. <laughs> it, so, what you may have to accept is this is the way it's going to be for a little while. For a little while, I agree with you. Yeah, and again, you can complain about it. They're going to. You can turn off the sport. I which don't think I that think many people will in the immediate in the immediate future. I don't think. Or, and I know a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I bet they wind up doing it. You can just sit back and enjoy it. Maybe you could turn it into a sport of its own. <laughs> I do like a more uh, listen, Andy. We are financially invested in college football being interesting. Absolutely. This has been the most I've been covering college football since two thousand eight. You've done it longer than I have. Most interesting year in the sport oh, that we've far. ever seen. By it's far, yeah. unbelievable. Uh, and you know, I think ultimately, again, the sport is more fair and equitable. Covering, watching, consuming, well, following cultural ball it, makes me not wince and just kind of. It's ah, fair as and much. equitable to the players. To it the is, players, it is not a fair. It is, there, there's no parody or anything like that. No, no. I'm talking about just the yeah, players. The, the, it's the, a less right. exploitative. Yeah, process. the, the Illinois is, fans and the Cal fans are like, well, it's not. Yeah, now I mean, y'all, not, not for us. Y'all have had a rough one. Yeah, props, and uh, and I don't know that it's going to help you because again, you, you talk to enough coaches about the transfer portal. What it has basically done, not all the time, but hey, we're a farm system now for the larger programs, and I'm like, yeah, kinda. You've seen it play out when really good players. I mean, we see what we have: Jacob Cowing this year. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Cam Ward at UIW. Yep. Uh, who are some other guys who have moved? But up? can I can I give you another example though? Please do. It does work the other way? Well, sure. Sometimes the ACC Defensive Player of the Year would have been a role player on this Georgia defense. That's true. That Jermaine is Johnson. Yes, it does sometimes. But even still, I think more often that's. I think, but again, uh, Kirby Smart didn't lose. Sleep I don't. Over I that. don't feel bad about our incarnate word losing its quarterback. Yeah, that's if fine. Cam Ward deserves to play in the Power Five, if he's good enough, then he should be allowed to go play. I in agree. The Power Five. I don't have a problem with it. I think it's just it's it's uh you know it's just an interesting situation. It's a new world of college football. I feel a little bad for the coaches. That just sucks. Like that sucks, Andy. That's what the money's for. I know. But that just sucks. You have to, I can listen. They can cash the checks. Although, how much is our incarnate words? That's that's probably one fifty, maybe something along those lines. Maybe that might even be a little much. No, uh, I think I think you're making more a little, little more than that now. Yeah. But, either way, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's it still sucks for him, Andy. Of course. And so, you know, I think that 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 when you have, especially when you have fans of not necessarily incarnate word, but the Wyoming's and the UTEP's and these fan bases who, when you have these players, you know, the Chucky Keaton's of the world, Andy, these beloved players that we see at these smaller programs. Now it's going to be a little weird when those guys are moving up and you're not going to see those guys. Grayson McCall stayed. 
Yeah, that's true. But he, I think he led I, led the country in yards. I'm not per saying attempt. I'm not saying every guy is going to do it, but I'm just saying uh, college football might lose a little bit of personality, a little bit of diversity, and seeing these programs have will these it, special players, or will the next guy? Who pops up at Toledo? Ah, uh, he's not going to be a that, special. That Michigan State's going to steal. They're not just going to be. They're not just going to be cranking out these guys. The smaller programs. I, listen, I watch a ton of college. They're football. not going to crank them out, but somebody's <laughs> always going to have one. But like, I know, but like the sincere McCormicks of the world, or the uh, uh, the the uh, uh, Khalil Pimpletons of the world. These guys. <laughs> you're going to Pimpleton. Like these guys that like are super, super, super fun players. You're not going to see them for four years at the same place. You might see some of Great. them. Great. So you get to see him at two different places. Even better. I know, Andy. I'm you not get to saying, see him play in front of 90,000 people now. I'm not now. saying it's wrong. <laughs> I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. I'm just saying college football is going to change a little bit. And I liked those guys that, like, you you see them, you watch them, and they give these programs a true identity for a good three, four-year period. That's all I'm saying. I'm not against it. I don't hate it. I'm just saying it's going to be it's going to take some getting used to. It, it will, but... You better get used to it. And yeah, it's it. That's what it is right now. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, so and look, as a coach told me today, and it's not just the coaches. It's it's the uh, athletic directors and the, mm-hmm. the coaches. We brought this on ourselves, hopping from job to job. And, yeah. And and they, but also the athletic directors with the quick trigger firings and that sort of thing. Don't get me started, Andy. Yeah, I mean on the decision making of, of of college administrators. Yeah, I mean, if you're a player, all you've ever seen is the grownups around you just constantly moving and leaving and or or getting kicked out. Commit to the school, not the coach. They yell at you and then they leave a year and a half later. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I really I, I have no sympathy for these people who did bring it all upon themselves. True, very true. So and again, let's not lose side of the big picture though Andy is you've been running an exploitative uh uh entire operation enterprise for a long time and now well as they say it's less fun when the rabbit has the gun and we're we're sitting there in that situation a little bit now Andy and and you had a nice hustle going you for did. a long time you did and now you know <laughs> things are a little different but here's the thing you're still rich like the, the money's still rolling in that's so true let, let's just let everybody enjoy this a little bit and there will be some things to get used to, but they're also like, I don't know. I feel like, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I honestly don't know how this is going to go over the next few years, but I feel like there are certain programs where it feels like perpetually there was no hope. Mm-hmm. But what if you can bring in like a new transfer, fancy transfer quarterback every year and hope. you have hope for it's three months. It's the hope months. that kills you, yeah, Andy. You get, but you get you get to hope for six months. Yeah, and then and then he takes the field, and you're like, oh, that's why I had to transfer. Yes, uh, but 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 maybe, but maybe, but maybe he's that guy. There's a lot maybe more. Maybe he's Malik Willis. Yes, coming in from Auburn <laughs> to Liberty. Yes, there's a lot more guys that disappoint you than 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 guys that are going to fulfill all of your dreams and and bring you that that elusive title. Uh, but again, Andy. The big picture here, college football is just fascinating. And it is. I, uh, like you, I don't venture a guess of what the next, gosh, the next year, Andy, mm-hmm. much less the next three, five, ten years. Oh. College football is going to look let's, very, very let's different. Let's think about this year. Because you, you mentioned it's been the most fascinating year. But let's talk about everything that's happened. First of all, you had the pandemic. You had you thought coming out of the pandemic, then the pandemic struck back. So yes. they go through that all season. You had... The change in the transfer rules. That's April. You had NIL comes July. in on July 1st. In 
mid July, you have the Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC thing, which starts another oh, round oh, of realignment. You had a twelve-team playoff proposal. Oh yes, that in but May. We, we don't have time to, to yell about that, Andy. We, <laughs> listen, just an incredible, incredible. Can grift I propose something? Because hotel points yeah. and flight points. So, and- so they're not gonna they're not gonna get this thing done. They may not get it done until twenty twenty six. I can't, I can't even like, oh my gosh, this so, is like a, it's a eight foot putt and they're, they've been checking the line so on this for 15 The ACC years. is, is, is kind of the obstructionist in all this. Mm-hmm. And I realize, I feel bad for Jim Phillips because his only job really, because he got saddled with a, uh, a very long TV contract that is not beneficial to the ACC that may outlast his term as commissioner. It was fun he, for three or four years, he had, Andy. That, that, that he had nothing to do with, obviously. Yeah. Um, but so the only thing he can do, and basically I, I wrote this when he when he started, like there was probably a card on his desk when he got to Greensboro that said, Welcome to the ACC. Your job is to make Notre Dame join in football. <laughs> and they're not going to. And all this, I, I I don't know if it's all this is is them trying to block this so Notre Dame doesn't get in a situation where it never has to join a conference in football, which if the 12-team playoff goes through and there's six at-large, Notre Dame will never, ever have to join a, a conference yes. in football. But at this point, can we just do single combat between Jim Phillips <laughs> and Jack Swarbrick, the Notre Dame AD? I'd like to watch and it. If, and if Swarbrick <laughs> wins, then Notre Dame never has to join the ACC in football. And if Phillips wins, then Notre Dame immediately has to join the ACC. The one- and, and we can just forget. And the ACC can be like, okay, now let's get on with this. The one year of ACC membership was just so funny. We knew it was going to be. Yeah. And then seeing it be a reality was somehow even funnier than I thought it was going to be coming into the season. Yeah. Who, but who'd have thought... Notre Dame and the SEC. I mean, those are really interesting bedfellows, but they yes. are they are in lockstep on this thing because it benefits both of them. The Big Ten's in a weird spot because it's trying to, you know, it's got the relationship with the Pac-12 and the Rose Bowl. It's trying to help those guys out. But the Big Ten, let's be honest, the Big Ten's needs from a business standpoint are closer, more closely aligned with the SECs. Yeah. And so, and the ACC is is in this alliance with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 but their needs are different. Any brass tacks is today just sort of, you know, sort of a, a, a slight speed bump. Are they going to get this done before 26? Do you think I'm, I, I'm not optimistic now. I mean, I, I just think there's too much money to be made. I, that's the part I don't, that's where I'm like, I don't I, understand. I, what are y'all like, doing? If, if you're Jim Phillips, you do understand if Clemson's not going to be good, yeah, which let's and we don't know, know if they are or not. If they're sitting there at that 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 three and two in the middle not, of next season. It's not going to be great. Yes, not not going to be. They uh, were good this season. We're penciling him for the playoff yeah, preseason yeah, every if, single if year. Clemson's not going to be great, and now maybe Mario Cristobal makes Miami like that, yeah. or Mac makes North Carolina that. But yeah. but right now your hopes are all yes. pinned to Clemson. If they're not going to be great, you're probably no different than the Pac-12. Yeah. And you need the expansion. ACC was bad this year, Andy. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as the Pac-12, but man, just watching a lot of like, listen, Pitt, great year, Wake Forest, great year, Andy. Not to not to go full SEC on them. What what where does Pitt finish in the SEC this year? Oh, we're we gonna play this game. We gotta play it a little. Come bit. on, fine bomb. We Good gotta Lord. play it a little bit. We gotta play it a little bit. <laughs> uh, are they in the East or the West? <laughs> Uh, we'll just throw it all. We'll just, if we're power ranking it, are they better than Kentucky, Andy? Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. So middle of the pack. Yeah. Fourth, fifth, sixth. Something like that. Yeah. I yeah. think that's probably right. Uh, so, you know, it's... I'm just... Andy, I'm tired of it, quite frankly. I think fans are as well. We get well, to where it's like, well... Because I thought we'd get an yeah. announcement today. I mean, here, here's the... I didn't. Okay. I, 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 and I'm the one who said, bet the farm. Bet everything you own that they get this thing started in 2023 because they're not stupid enough to leave all that money on the table. Mm-hmm. It turns out they might be. <laughs> I, it just flies in the face of every decision that we have seen in college football that has changed the entire uh, uh, you know, picture of the entire sport for the last 15, 20 years. You know, my golden rule of realignment is if it makes sense, C-E-N-T-S, it makes sense. And here we are. And, you know, it just seems like they're they're just sort of well, batting it like, around. And I feel bad for George Klyavkov because he didn't he, – he's the new Pac-12 commissioner. Yes. He came into this from a different industry but clearly did his, his homework, understands the issues, understands where they're at. And he knows they have to expand. And, and you can tell from, from hearing him talk about this that he's just like – what have I gotten myself into? It, What's wrong just, with these this people? This is the main thing. Like for all the issues and for all the how do we do this? How do we do this? What if we do this? How do we get access? You know, who's got automatic clock? Like it's gonna expand. I'm just tired of of having to yeah. like talk and, about and, it. And I'm just it's not interesting. You're, it's gonna expand. You're gonna go to twelve. I don't. Yes. Care. If you're the ACC, I don't care if you want eight. Yes. Like <laughs> at a certain point, even your your alliance members in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are gonna be like, either vote for this. Or we'll do it without. Because yeah. here, here's the thing: there are only two entities that you can't have a playoff without: the Big Ten and, and the, the SEC. SEC. <laughs> if you aren't the Big Ten and you aren't the SEC, jump on or get out of the way. It's not gonna, you're yeah. not gonna stop it. So, you know, it's again, I, I'm annoyed, tired of talking about it because it's just like let's just make it happen. I, I'm, I'm today. I was very annoyed reading our. Well, I would love for Jim Phillips to get up and explain why. (laughs) Yeah, give it. Give us one good reason why you'd like it to not be what everybody else wants it to be. What would you? If he's doing that, what is? If you're Jim Phillips, give give me give me the Jim Phillips uh, diatribe. If he gets the honest one, Uh, I, I need I need this to be eight teams with six automatic bids to force Notre Dame into my conference. Okay. That's that's really what it is. But if he if he if he's trying to be more diplomatic, how do you how do you sell that? Well, well you know, so I don't want to play that many. I don't know if the student athletes should be playing that many games. But Mr. Phillips, doesn't the FCS have a 2014 playoff? And don't, don't some of those teams play 16 games if you didn't get the bye and you made the championship game? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't really care about that. Yeah. Let's be honest. So anyway, we're going to get an expanded playoff. And again, not to get a different outcome, Andy, to get more invested fan bases. I'm the people. There's so many people that are like, it's just going to end the same way. It's like, guys, like, listen to what people are saying. We kind of know that. Yeah. But it's tiring, especially, I think. And I do think, now, if there's a path to an expanded playoff, equaling more parity. I would a, love it if it would end a different way. Yes. But guess, hey, <laughs> guess what? You're in it, it, it ended a different way. Uh, which way in or which year, Andy? This year, exactly. We got a Cincy. We got a Michigan. I don't think anybody was picking. The, well, some people might have picked. Georgia Cincy. hasn't won a national title. Well, yes, in and at forty-one the top. years at the top. Yes, that's also the true. last time Georgia won a national title. I was two. 
I was not born. Yeah. So that's always a good time. So this is a different ending. Yeah. I think Andy, ultimately, if there's a path to it changing things, it's that one of the things that we've been hearing, you know, from the recruiting trail is unless you're Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia, uh, you're pitching, hey, come to the if you're not here, you're not getting in the playoff. And that's a pretty powerful recruiting tool. Right. And I think and if you expand it, that right. takes that away from them. Right. And there will be a lot more. Yes. Know? Yeah. I mean, suddenly, we're going to have a ton. Suddenly Penn State can say exactly. that. Exactly. Wisconsin at, can say you that. You look at a 12-team yeah. playoff, I mean, yeah. you're going to have, you know, all kinds of stuff in yeah. there. So that, I think, I don't know that that will have a very acute impact, but it's not going to make it worse, Andy. And I think we've heard that a lot in the playoff era that that's a really powerful pitch that those schools are using. And I think if you take that away and you have more access, I don't know that I'd I bet my I life on it. I don't think it, it changes who, who the no. national champion is most years. No. But I think it has a lot more fan bases having a lot more fun a lot deeper into the yes. season. Does it, Andy? Here's the biggest issue I think that college football is dealing with right now. And it's kind of been this way for a long time. But you look at the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States. They only play three to five losable games a year, does that number grow in an expanded playoff? Well, yes, if they have to play more playoff That's a good games. point. Yeah, the yeah. back end. I was talking more regular season, but you're right. If you're but, in the, but, if you're but, in the bracket, I, okay, you could get at, knocked off. Look at Georgia's off. schedule, which is – Georgia's future schedules clearly designed for an expanded playoff. Mm-hmm. They have added losable games to their future schedules – with an eye on the playoff, knowing that you don't have to win them all. Ten and two gets you in as the six. Or, <laughs> or let's say you lose a couple. You got a young team. You start the season off with a couple losses, and you go on a run. You win the league. You're yeah. in. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm really excited for the future of college football. It's messy. It's annoying right now. There's a lot of complaining, but it's really interesting and it's really unpredictable. Well, and, 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 and that's here's good the for thing. business. It looked like people had fun this year back at the stadiums. I know I did. It it was it was beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Like Purdue when they beat Iowa and when they beat Michigan State. Like that was a yeah. that was a joy to watch. Michigan when they beat Ohio State. Yeah. How beautiful was that? It was I mean other than uh are we going to go uh uh Michigan being Ohio State as the only Georgia over Bama, the only oh. game that was more, I guess, if we're going to rank the cathartic wins of the season. I got one. I got one for you. Washington State fans <laughs> storming the field at Washington. At Washington. <laughs> oh, was man. Awesome. I have not seen that one. <laughs> that uh, was before. pretty awesome. That was fantastic. But, Andy, just a great season overall. I, I, I don't know. You know, people want to rank like the wildest seasons. I, I, think, I, I don't know that it's a lot of people it's 07. unsatisfying because it ended with a, an all SEC championship yeah. game. But, it was a good championship. It game. was a great game. I yeah. loved every second of this game. And I think Andy, like, you know, like I said, I don't know about the wildest seasons. Like 2007's always been like yeah. the gold standard. But man, I just this was a really interesting season. I, I had, was I was so happy to see everybody back in the stadiums and yes, enjoying themselves. That was a big part of it. But you have, you have the Cincinnati. Uh, yep. Storyline all season. Yep. It was fantastic. Uh, shout out to the boys at UTSA who gave us a very, meep, uh, meep. A very fun season. But you have you know Michigan upset in the apple cart, just absolutely wrecking a lot of narratives. Andy, the rough year for narratives, yeah. by the way. <laughs> oh, how about how about this transfer? I'll give you a transfer portal one. Yes, Jason Brown going from St. Francis in Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
not winning the job at South Carolina, but winding up beating Florida and Auburn as the third as starting third stringer or fourth stringer, yes. I believe something along I mean, those lines. So you can say the transfer portal is awful and it's good, but that you don't get that story yeah. without it. I loved this season, Andy. This was just a fantastic year. I'm going to remember a lot from this year. Uh, you know, uh, really fun old Miss season. Uh, you know, again. A lot of Baylor. Really yes, Baylor, Baylor had a really incredible great year. story this season. Uh, I mean, Andy, there's, there's, again, the reason why I love college football is the regional and the uh, diversity on the field, the regional aspects of it, and yeah, the diversity and on the field. Diversity, yes, all those things. This is what makes. This is why I love it. You can watch, you know, different leagues, different places. It's not like the NFL in that way. So many fun teams this year. So many. We didn't get, uh, you know, coastal. We didn't get the same coastal year that we got last season, but still, still good. Very yeah. fun. One of the most fun offenses to 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 uh, uh, watch. I think we're going to see a lot of teams steal a lot of those oh, concepts. Yeah. Yep. That's coming. Uh, if you know a linebacker, say a prayer for him because it's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough five yeah. years for them. Yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> you're going to become what's known as a conflict player, yes, and you're going to uh, be very conflicted. Not great. Yeah. Uh, but just Andy. I love this season. Uh, I'm excited to do it again in uh, what? Start the countdown. What do we got? Eight months. I'm sad we don't get we don't get the spring FCS season this year. Uh, but eight months from now, we're gonna do it again, and it's gonna be fantastic. I'm and we're gonna excited. come up with all sorts of off season narratives that we will talk ourselves into. That by August we'll <laughs> we will be acting like they're complete fact when all we've been doing is guessing for for eight months. And then the first week of the season will just blow them up. It's going to be amazing. You know, you just you don't know what an offseason is going to hold. I think we kind of knew last year the transfer portal was going to be coming. Or not the transfer portal. The free, the free transfer. Yeah. NIL, we thought was going to be at the end, like December or January, right? No, like we a, knew it was coming because the, well, the Florida not, law was going into yeah, effect but not, when it yeah, was. Yeah, I guess nationwide yeah. or whatever. But you never really know. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma, uh, unless you were Greg Sankey or NAD. Yeah. All right, Texas we, and Oklahoma. We didn't we know, know that. that. Yeah. I can guarantee you, Andy, in the next seven months, there's going to be stuff that we don't know is going to happen. And at The Athletic, we're going to write about it. We're going to talk about it on The Andy Stable Show. We're going to talk about it on Football and Grits. We're going to talk Power about Hour, it on, on One, One True, True Pod. Pod. All these shows. Stars matter. Yes. Uh, it's going to be a great off season. I'm looking forward to it, Andy. Thank you guys so much for listening all season. It's been a joy. And we, we've seen the numbers. More of you guys tune in every week and and thank you so much thank you for telling your friends about the show uh thank you for hitting subscribe thank you for leaving the five star reviews we love you and uh i i'm excited because i i am hoping the world does start to open up a little more we've got some some fun ideas things we wanted to do this season that they, they won't have to wait seven months yeah, for more yeah. podcasts or content on our yeah site, no we, nice. we will have we will we have, have this thing shot full in the off season but <laughs> But I want to do live shows. There, you know, get out and and see some of you guys. And I think I think we're going to be able to do that this year. And we're going to have more cool guests. I, I'm talking to somebody tomorrow for a show that's going to run next week. That that it's going to just be an awesome interview. I can I, I know it already. Um, but I cannot thank you guys enough for taking this journey with us and for having fun and for, for adopting all the, all our little sayings. And, uh, when, when people tweet stars matter, me, <laughs> me and Ari, it's, it's, it's just the brand wonderful. is strong with our, with our, you have a friend. Oh Ari yeah. Ari, Ari, has, Ari has built this brand <laughs> into something truly, truly special. I, I think now I owe him, uh, I owe him all the, uh, free restaurant bread that he can eat for correctly 
bold move, Mari. Uh, I thought Alabama was winning this thing tonight. They did not. Uh, it's listen. It's not a national championship game if I can't predict the score incorrectly. <laughs> so that's that 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 never changed. Lots of lots of things changed in college football this year. That did not. But thank you so much. We had a great time this season. And stay with us because it never stops here at the Andy Staples Show and Friends. We'll talk to you soon.